0: I came out the wrong line already. It is in the end zone for an unbelievable What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host Matt Bruning back at it again today on December 31st. It's the last day of 2018. We will be looking 2019 squarely in the face as of midnight tonight. Got a quick episode for you guys today. Not a lot. Uh, obviously, I did not get a chance to preview any of the games for Week 17. I do apologize about that. Hopefully, you guys were able to check out my ranks on uh, the Fantasy Life app and blog or on Medium.com. Uh, putting all that out there in case you guys had any tough, uh, tough lineup questions or wanted to see how I thought players at least would play uh, throughout the week in those final games. Like I said, I I do apologize about that. I had some family stuff going on that kind of takes precedent over all things fantasy football, to be honest. I'm very much a family-first guy. I had some stuff come up, needed it to uh, be taken care of, needed to make sure that all that stuff uh, was good and done before I did anything, and that really kind of ate up all of my weekend, pretty much. So I never really got a chance to sit down and uh, record everything. But for those of you, uh, hopefully most of you play in uh, leagues where your week your championship I'm sorry is uh, in week 16 uh, so you guys didn't really have to worry about it because let's uh let's all be honest here week 17 championship games kind of suck especially when you have as many players sitting at it uh, like we did yesterday uh, so for today's podcast uh, again it's not gonna be a not gonna be a long one it's gonna be a little bit of a quick hitter I'm gonna do a little bit of both today a little bit of NFL talk and a little bit of fantasy Uh, we will jump into the breaking news here in a minute and talk about all of the now-coaching vacancies in the NFL. There's usually, I believe, about four to six vacancies every year. We have eight this year, which is a little surprising to me. Two we've obviously known about for a while in Green Bay and Cleveland, and then we got six more added on throughout the day today. So I will talk about the vacancies there. What I might... Uh, what I think might happen at each of these new places, uh, how I think it could affect certain players. Um, after that, I'm going to get into my top 12 quarterbacks of the year. So uh, just to give you guys no, uh, You know what? I'll do a breakdown of that actually when I get to that, but that'll be for that, and then I will talk about, obviously, at the end of the podcast, my plan for the rest of the week and going into the rest of the positions in fantasy. <clears throat> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. All right, so for the news today, before I jump into the head coaching stuff, there is a big news that has been breaking here in about the past 30 minutes or so, right before I decided to jump on and record with Antonio Brown. So for many of you, uh, if you were paying attention, whether you were a Steelers fan, fantasy paid attention of certain players, whatever, we all saw that, Antonio Brown did not play in the game yesterday. It was reported during the day that it was due to a knee injury that had kind of kept him out of practice and everything, and that is why he wasn't going to play. It turns out that that was actually false. What really happened was, apparently on Wednesday, Antonio Brown and Big Ben got into a very heated argument. Um, There was reports that it was just a teammate. It is coming out that it was Big Ben, that him and AB apparently got into it pretty bad. He ended up throwing some footballs at players, uh, apparently other players' anonymous sources, I believe is the way that it's being put, um, were pretty disgusted with the way that he handled things. He skipped Thursday's practice uh, and then ended up skipping the Saturday team meeting. Uh, came in Sunday. His locker and everything was set up. Jersey was set up, ready to go. Everybody thought that he was going to be playing. Apparently, he found out then that he was not going to be playing, um, and then he ended up leaving at halftime of that game. Not a good look for a guy who's already considered to be um, a diva. Obviously, for fantasy, it's not that big of a deal at the moment. Where it could, obvi- <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Where it could obviously become an issue is if. They decide to trade him and where he goes. Now, obviously the chances of that are pretty slim. I would imagine they're not going to trade him, especially after paying him just a couple seasons ago, but they could get a haul back for him more than likely. Uh, A lot of people still consider him one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the game. I would argue he's closer to the five range and lower than a top one, but you know what? Everybody's different um so it'll be interesting to see what happens throughout this offseason obviously there's a lot of time to kind of let this stuff boil over uh and get fixed bring him in talk to him and all that stuff before next season starts uh but definitely interesting to see what happens with that as he is uh really going into even last year really kind of caused a lot of drama for that team and in that locker room and something you don't see very often from the Steelers they're usually a very well buttoned up organization they usually take care of things in-house fairly well uh, and he really hasn't the past couple years so uh, in my opinion I would think that they have full faith in Juju uh, to be the number one there I would imagine that uh while we didn't see a lot out of James Washington this past year, uh, I do think that he could probably step in and be a viable number two. Um, so I could see there being a path to them letting... No, I would, no they would not let go of A B, But I could see a path of them trading Antonio Brown. But I do think it would take a lot to get him. So moving on from that and getting into the coaching vacancies. And again, we have eight of them this year. So obviously... The first one was the Cleveland Browns. We saw the Cleveland Browns release Hugh Jackson earlier in the year, um, so he was the first one to let go, and then obviously Mike McCarthy with the Packers was next. Since then, the Cincinnati Bengals have let go of Marvin Lewis. The Denver Broncos have let go of Vince Joseph. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have let go of Dirk Cutter. The Arizona Cardinals have let go of Steve Wilkes. The Miami Dolphins have let go of Adam Gase, and the New York Jets have let go of Todd Bowles. For me... I think that being a Browns fan, I know people are going to think that my opinion is somewhat biased. And in all honesty, sometimes it it very much is. I think that the Browns and the Packers are by far the best jobs. I think if you had to give me one or the other, I would say the Packers is just a little bit better based on the fact that you have a for, for for sure Hall of Famer. Right there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is someone who's going to walk into the Hall of Fame five years after he retires. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, So you have him. You have a great weapon in Devontae Adams. I think Aaron Jones is a top you know, 12 running back in the league or, you know, I say top 12 because of fantasy, but I think he's easily an RB1, uh, someone you can lean on. They've they've proven that he does have the injury issues a little bit, but I still think he's a top end running back. You now, so you have that built in right there. And I do think Aaron Rodgers and the fact that he's a little bit older than Baker, and knows uh, that his time is limited in his chance to return and possibly get at least one more championship, Uh, that for me personally, I think that's a little bit of a better team because I think you're going to get a little bit more out of them and a little bit more out of Aaron. I think obviously the next choice, though, is the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield looked awesome this year. We saw him break the rookie record for touchdowns this last past week against the the Baltimore Ravens with 3 of them to get to 27. Uh he has been awesome. Just imagine what he could have done possibly if he started from week 1 and Hugh Jackson wouldn't even give him first team reps. You know, so Baker I think has come a long way throughout the year. Uh obviously I think that he's been awesome. I'm excited to see what he can do in 2019. They have a lot of really good pieces, obviously not just on offense with with Baker and Joku Chubb. They have Landry, Antonio Callaway. I love Hollywood Higgins. That offensive line is a top 10 offensive line, and it can only get better. They could just get a left tackle to replace, you know, obviously the Hall of Famer Joe Thomas, which is much easier said than done. But if they get someone who could play decently at left tackle, uh, their offensive line would be even better than what it is right now. And their defense with Denzel Ward, TJ Carey, Joe Schobert, James Kirksey, I'm sorry, Christian Kirksey, Miles Garrett. I mean, these dudes are loaded. Larry Ogunjobi, they're loaded on defense as well. I think this team is just going to be right there with the Baltimore Ravens in competing for this AFC North Division for the next decade. So for me, the Browns are by far the next best job. After that... It's hard for me to say. I actually kind of think it's the Denver Broncos, and I'll tell you why. The Denver Broncos, I think, have a really good defense. Now, it didn't look good at times this year, um, and obviously the loss of Chris Harris and other injuries on that defense really hurt them toward the end here. They still have one of the best pass rushers in the league and Vaughn Miller. Bradley Chubb really turned it on in the second half. I think if they get themselves another either safety or cornerback and a linebacker. This defense is going to get right back to what they were when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where they clearly carried Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl win. Now, obviously, the year before, Peyton Manning was awesome and was carrying everybody, uh, but that defense was still good. Uh, I think the Denver Broncos is by far the next best. They still have some fairly good offensive weapons, obviously, with them shipping DT out. Um, I imagine that means Emmanuel Sanders is going to be back. I love Cortland Sutton. I think he's good. Uh, we talked about it last—well, I wasn't on the podcast, so I can't say we talked about it, uh, but I did talk about in articles how much I like Deshaun Hamilton, um, and he showed out here toward the end. I think Hamilton is going to be very good. obviously love Philip Lindsay, and I do think Royce Freeman is going to come on a little bit more this next coming year when he gets a little bit more um, of the reins in the offense and gets better—more of probably a split time. In the backfield with Philip Lindsay, but I think both those guys are going to be really good for this Denver Broncos offense. Obviously, the quarterback is going to be a big question for them. I still like Case Keenum. Uh, I do think he's an above replacement level quarterback. The problem is, I just don't. This this market is not going to be saturated with quarterbacks. There's not going to be a lot of free agents, and on top of that, uh, this quarterback class at the moment does not look great. So even if Denver were to draft a quarterback, I would imagine Case Keenum is going to get the start at least early on in 2019. But regardless, I think they have the pieces around them. They just need to get the right coaches in place, and the Broncos could be a force yet again. After the Broncos, I think it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is going to be interesting to me is what they decide to do with Jameis Winston long-term. So they've already said they're bringing him back. They're picking up his option. He will be back with them next year. However, there's been no talks about them signing him to a long-term deal. And on top of that, Tampa Bay has actually never signed a second contract with their starting quarterbacks. Does that break with Jameis Winston or not? I don't know. Personally, I would not do it because I don't trust Jameis Winston. Winston is a turnover machine. Since entering the league, he is tied with Blake Bortles for the most turnovers at the quarterback position, which is 76. And you might not think. Uh, Hey, Jameis Winston turns the ball over that much, especially with the interceptions, but he fumbles the ball a lot of well. I believe it's like 34-26, and something like that. He's just very careless with the ball, and you don't obviously want that or need that out of the quarterback position. I do think that Tampa Bay obviously has the playmakers around him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard when he comes back healthy. While I'm not necessarily a big believer in Peyton Barber, and Rojo Ronald Jones has not shown anything this past year, I do think that both of them together coming back in 2019 under the right coach could be a very interesting combination at the running back position. So again, it all comes... Well, And before I get on to all is good, that defense needs to be fixed big time as well, which is well, I think it'd be smart for them to bring in a defensive coordinator or defensive, uh, head, defensive-minded head coach. But back to Jameis Winston, uh, he just scares me. I don't think he's... He's obviously very talented, but I don't think he is a top-tier quarterback. And on top of that... Uh, I think his actions and the things he does character-wise off the field would not m- would make me not want to invest in him. Again, it's easy for someone who's sitting on a couch in Texas to say that because, well, I'm not running the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and when you realistically look at the situation that they're in, there's nobody better out there. However, I just wouldn't do it. I, I-, I can tell you for a fact that if I was running the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he would be gone after this year. I'd probably be drafting a quarterback or maybe making a move for Joe Flacco. Not 100% sure if I would do that. Um, as I do think Joe Flacco has really kind of fallen back some the past couple of years. Uh, but I just don't think that I could put my my faith and my trust into someone like James Winston. After the Buccaneers is when it gets really interesting. I think for me, it's probably going to be the Jets. Obviously, young franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. You have a young uh, Jamal Adams at safety. Then, for someone you can build around on the defense. I think they've got some nice pieces here and there. Need to figure out what they're going to do with the running back. I do think they need to improve their linebackers a little bit. Obviously, wide receiver is a huge question. That um, know they re-signed Quincy and Newell. Will they re-sign Robbie Anderson? I don't even know if those two make really that good of a... A wide receiver duo. Love Chris Herndon at tight end, though. Um, so they are an interesting team for me as well. They might. Maybe should be higher. I know a lot of people would probably put them right after the Browns because of Sam Darnold. Um, And as much as I believe in Sam Darnold, I do think that uh, Darnold's career is going to be a lot like Jameis Winston's in the turnover category. I've just seen it too much out of Sam Darnold in college and his first year in the NFL. um, He's just a little bit too careless with the ball for me. And I think they're a little bit farther away right now than the Broncos and the Buccaneers are. So that's why I have them there. After the Jets, I think it would be the Dolphins for me. I like their defense. I like some of the offensive pieces they have. They're going to need to get a quarterback and some wide receivers. Devontae Parker just seems to have died there. Uh, They really only have Kenny Stills, in my opinion, um, at wide receiver, um, I like Seki though, at tight end to, to have a huge breakout next year. I think he could be interesting. Um, I do think they have a great, versatile back in Kenyon Drake. Hopefully the new coach will not be dumb like Adam Gase and use him like the, he was used in Week 17. And we saw what he could be once again, yet Adam Gase still re- would refuse to use that guy had he still been employed there. Um, after that, for me, I think it's the Cardinals. Uh, they have their franchise quarterback, at least we would think they have a franchise running back in David Johnson. Obviously, we don't know how much longer L. Fitz is going to play. Likely, if one more year, he'll play one more year. But they do have a franchise wide receiver in Christian Kirk. That defense, that defensive line in Chandler Jones has been awesome. Obviously, have Patrick Peterson, Antonio Bethae on the back end there. So probably need some uh, linebackers. And another wide receiver, tight end would be a big need for them, I think. Because uh, I personally do not think Ricky Seals-Jones is, uh, well, good at anything. And then, so last but not least, uh, that leaves us with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Bengals, I honestly think, are probably going to end up hiring Hugh Jackson to begin with. Um, but I think they need a quarterback. I just I just don't think Dalton has it in him anymore. A.J. Green, uh, while I love A.J. Green, is somewhat aging uh, a little bit there. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure Do do have Tyler Boyd though, who I like and Joe Mixon uh, but that's really it I don't know if you can trust Tyler Eifert with the way that his injuries have been while fluky uh, still he's been fairly injury prone uh, their defense was just god awful last year uh, not much to build around there as well so they are by far the lowest team on the poll for me um, it's it's kind of hard to get into all of the rumors and everything going on about who is interviewing or who is supposedly going to interview for certain jobs. So I can't put uh, really a spin on what I think each team could uh, get from somebody. Like, for instance, there's been some rumors about Mike McCarthy going to Cleveland. I personally would hate that. As a Cleveland Browns fan, I think that that not necessarily would stunt Baker's growth, but I think that would be bad for the team in general. Um, we saw he didn't even want to use Aaron Jones, so you know maybe he stops using Nick Chubb and goes to Duke Johnson. Highly unlikely, but still. Um, so once those kind of become more fleshed out and things, we'll address them then, but I just kind of wanted to talk about the head coaching vacancies on each team, and those are the eight uh, that have been fired so far. Chances are nobody else will be fired at this point. It is a about five, almost five o'clock now, Monday afternoon. I highly doubt someone's going to get fired after this fact, but you never know. There was a lot of talk about Adam GaSe not getting fired, um, but it turns out that a lot of the uh, a lot of the players on the teams just did not like him. They all a lot of guys uh, apparently privately went to Stephen Ross and talked about how much they didn't like him, and so he ended up getting fired because of it. Not surprising to me. Um, and he's another one rumored to go to the Browns, and I would I would hate that as well. So with those head coaching vacancies uh, being done, want to talk about the draft order really quick, which is going to lead me into my next topic before we get into the rankings. So the draft order is as far follows. Number one is the Arizona Cardinals. Number two is the San Francisco 49ers. Number three is the New York Jets. Number four is the Oakland Raiders. Number five is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Six, New York Giants. Seven, Jacksonville Jaguars. 8 Detroit Lions, 9 Buffalo Bills, 10 Denver Broncos, 11 Cincinnati Bengals, 12 Green Bay Packers, 13 Miami Dolphins, 14 Atlanta Falcons, 15 Washington Redskins, 16 Carolina Panthers, 17 Cleveland Browns, 18 Minnesota Vikings, 19 Tennessee Titans, and 20 the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's obviously only the first 20, as everybody else is currently in the playoffs at the moment. For the prospects, it's going to be huge. Uh, going to be very interesting to see how this plays out and what we're going to be talking about. Obviously, all winter long since technically it is winter in the NFL draft prospects. So January 15th is the last day that players can declare for the NFL draft. That is one of my favorite days uh, as an NFL fan in general because you really get obviously the full look at what the draft class is going to look like. Once that happens, I will immediately begin breaking down the classes. That is when we'll talk more about the NFL prospects. Um, Because right now, you're still kind of getting into a little bit of uh, projecting who you think might go. For instance, I wrote articles uh, a little while back. Again, you can find them on QBList.com. If you go into the articles section and look in the Going Deep, just scroll down, you can see where I have breakdowns of my top ten wide receivers and running backs and my top five quarterbacks. I do gift breakdowns, everything on them, talk about my favorite guys coming out this year. Well, at the time, I thought Justin Herbert was going to be coming out at quarterback. He was by far my favorite quarterback. He ain't coming out anymore, guys. So that just kind of kills everything. So for me, part of it, again, part of it at the time was to to give you guys an idea of also who to look at as the college season was coming to an end. But, well, the college season is pretty much over with. We we have a couple bowl games tomorrow, which should be fun to watch, and then obviously the national championship game next Monday. Um, but when it comes to prospects, there's really not much to look forward to until January 15th. So once that happens, I will honestly kind of get down, sit down, start looking at more and more players, start ranking them, start writing more write-ups on them and everything, and that's when we'll start doing more podcasts about them as well. I just wanted to let you guys know that now. So... With that being said, really cool stat that I want to point out. Um, I was going to save it for the wide receiver talk, but just in case I forget it before then I really want to bring it up. DeAndre Hopkins this year had 115 receptions and zero zero dropped passes. That is amazing. For Guy to really be obviously the focal point of that offense as well and to, not have zero, to have zero drop passes out of 115 catches is just ridiculous. Speaks to how good he is um, and he is going to be part of a pretty big discussion I have at the wide receiver position on who belongs at the 1-1 in 2019. Alright, so today we are going to talk about the top 12 quarterbacks on the year. Now, full... Um, Full disclosure here, not that it matters for quarterbacks, but just a heads up for future uh, future rankings and talks about the players, and I'll probably address it there again anyways, but just to be fully upfront, most of the leagues that I play in are half-point PPR, so that is where I get all of my scoring information from. So, number one should be no surprise to anybody. It was Patrick Mahomes, who finished on the year with 414.7 points, and I only go one through 16, by the way, as well. Because most of my, my, not even most, all of my championship games are played in week 16. So he averaged 27.65 points a game, which was over four points better than the next quarterback. For me, I think that honestly puts Patrick Mahomes in the quote-unquote Aaron Rodgers place in redrafts where he becomes the number one quarterback and someone that I think is worthy of drafting for fairly early on i wouldn't go crazy and get him in like the 3rd round or 4th round you know he's someone's going to take him there uh, but he's definitely worthy of being the first quarterback taken and taken early because you are getting a distinct advantage Having him as your number one quarterback. The number two quarterback on the year was Ben Roethlisberger. He finished with 346.3 points, averaged 23.9. The number three quarterback was Matt Ryan with 341.7, averaged 22.78. Number 4 was Deshaun Watson, who finished with 324.9 points, 21.66 average. Number 5 was Andrew Luck with 319.6, finished with an average of 21.31. That is crazy to me, considering at this point in time last year, there was a lot of people, a very big consensus that did not think Andrew Luck was ever going to play again. I'm not talking about just this year, I'm talking about ever he could. There was a lot of people who thought he would never play football. Um, and even in early on in the season, I'm sure a lot of people talked about it, including myself. They brought in Jacoby Brissett to throw a Hail Mary pass. And a lot of people were like, man, his shoulder, it just still is not good. That's not good. He's this been this far removed from football and he still can't throw a deep ball. What is going on? Is he ever going to bounce back? And he did. And he proved it all year long and finished as a top quarterback on the year it is ridiculous number six was Aaron Rodgers uh, 319.5 with a 21.30 average per week number seven was Drew Brees 310.7 points on the year and then 20.71 average a week a little bit crazy that uh, that he finished that high, especially with as much as they were running the ball and uh, really not using him as much in the passing game. I'm really kind of surprised that he finished that high, to be honest with you. Number 8 was Jared Goff, 308.3 points on the year and 20.55 average. Number 9, Russell Wilson, thirty sorry 301.6 points, 20.11 average. Number 10, Kirk Cousins, 296.2 points, 19.75 average. Number 11, Cam Newton, 295.6, 21.11 average per week. And then number 12, Philip Rivers, 289.9 with a 19.33 point average a week. Kirk Cousins is a little bit concerning for me that he finished all the way down at 10. Coming into this year, the past three years, he had finished right in the top five somewhere. Never finished as the number one. I believe did finish as the number five once at least, um, but definitely finished in the top five the past three years and then really fell off this year. Really surprising is by far, this is by far the best team he has had around him and yet he couldn't get it done. A lot of people are going to contribute that to how bad the offensive line was and that probably is part of the problem. Hopefully, they get that fixed. For me... The quarterback MVP of the year in 2018 has to be Patrick Mahomes, not just because he finished number one, but because in drafts you were getting him in the 10th round or later in every draft. And I mean in every draft. That was his ADP. For him to not only finish as the number one quarterback on the year, but be four points better, that is a huge difference when it comes to weekly scoring. Four points better than the next best, which was Ben Roethlisberger, is a huge steal for you and is by far the quarterback MVP of the year. My comeback um, quarterback for the year is Andrew Luck. Again, many people at this point in time of the year last year did not think that he was ever going to play again. For him to not only come back and play after being out for over two years, but to come back and finish number five is amazing. My biggest surprise at QB this year is Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford was just god-awful this year. For someone who consistently finished in the top ten, was consistently putting up over 4,000 yards, getting you 20-plus touchdowns every year, someone you could trust you know, know that whether he might have a bad week here, or there he was going to end up. You know, in the top ten every single season. Really took a big hit this year. Dropped all the way down to twentieth. Two twelve point seven points, and only averaged fourteen point eight point fourteen point eighteen points a game. I mean, he had guys like Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Mitchell Trubisky, Dak Prescott above him. Josh Allen was much better than him on the second half of the year. And Josh Allen is someone who I think should be really high up in 2019. Uh, And we'll talk about that more often as as we get further into the offseason. But yeah, so Matt Stafford was by far my most disappointing quarterback on the year 2018. Now, again, he was dealing with some injuries, uh, different stuff going on on that team. Maybe that's it. Maybe he bounces back next year, but I personally don't think so. My quarterbacks of the future. I'm going to give you five guys that I think are going to be in the top 10 for the next coming years. I do think that Baker Mayfield is up there. Lamar Jackson is up there as well. Um, I really like, and this, I'm going to give you guys a little thing. This is guy's outside the top 12 right now that finished outside the top 12 this year that I think will be in the top 12 as of next year. So Baker Mayfield, I'll give you three Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I think all three of those guys have a very legitimate chance to get up into the top 12 as early as next year. Lamar and Josh Allen getting a lot more points from their legs uh, than Baker Mayfield will. But Baker Mayfield, I think, just looked amazing this year at the quarterback position. I think there's only room to move up, in my opinion, for him. The only thing I think that will hurt him is uh, a bad move on the coaching side. And again, we'll see what happens there. Uh, It's going to be a long offseason with a lot of that stuff, so I can't... Don't want to project him to get a bad coach because that is something the Cleveland Browns would do, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did do it, but I'm really hoping that they get the right player in or right person in here to coach the team. I personally would love to see Greg Williams or Freddie Kitchens get the job. Uh, Freddie Kitchens has had just an amazing relationship with Baker here this year. You can see it in the videos of them. Baker has clearly responded to him. Uh, I've loved his play calling in a lot of the games, so I think he would be a, a, a great candidate for the head coaching position, but we will see what happens. So that right there is going to do it for today's podcast. I will be doing a podcast tomorrow on new year's where I will talk about my, I will be talking about the running backs and wide receivers of 2018 doing the same thing. I'll break down who the top 12 running backs were of the year and wide receivers. I will then talk about my rookie of the year at running back and wide receiver. Um, my MVP at running back and wide receiver. I'll be talking about my biggest surprise or comeback player of the year for rookie uh, for rookies for running back and wide receiver. And then the biggest disappointment for running back and wide receiver. And then that will be it. And we'll talk more about what comes up after that. Um, I really think that's it guys. Uh, yeah. I was going to see about maybe jumping into some other stuff, but you know what? We've gone for 30 minutes. Uh, that's a pretty good, I think, off-season podcast for today so that is where I'll end it um big games tomorrow though actually before I sign off uh obviously as an Ohio State fan we have the Rose Bowl tomorrow between Washington and Ohio State should be a really good game you have guys like Paris Campbell Mike Weber playing in that one for Ohio State um that could be um well not even could be they will be uh, in the NFL draft this coming season, and uh, will be two players to watch for. They're both ranked fairly highly in my ranks, at least. Also, have obviously Dwayne Haskins, uh, who might be coming out. He has not declared yet. On Washington's side, we have Miles Gaskin, the ru- the running back who I think is going to be awesome. Uh, Coming in in the NFL, a little bit slight of frame, but definitely someone who's very versatile and a great runner. We have Aaron Fuller, the wide receiver. He's a junior, hasn't declared yet, but someone that is very intriguing to me. And then Jake Browning, the quarterback who was very, very, and I mean very highly touted just a couple years ago, has really kind of fallen off. Um, But I do think that he is still worth a look here at the NFL draft. Likely will come out. Um, He is a senior, but I believe he still can technically, not necessarily redshirt, but I think he has one year left of eligibility or can apply for one more year of eligibility. But he is likely coming out uh, after this year um, and will be an interesting draft prospect to break down as well. So those uh, those are the guys to watch for in the Rose Bowl tomorrow. For LSU and UCF, not a lot there. I mean, LSU, Nick brossette uh, I really loved early on in the season, kind of faded off. Um, haven't seen if he's going to come out yet. Again, I would imagine he has to because he is a senior, but I know some of these guys still end up getting an extra bit of eligibility there, so we'll see what happens with him. Would have loved to see Mackenzie Milton in this um He's a little bit of a smaller quarterback. Obviously suffered the horrific injury earlier um, in their championship game. Uh, was hoping to see if he might come out this year if he would get any love. LSU, UCF, uh, like LSU in that game, uh, like Ohio State to beat Washington, obviously. Uh, for LSU, uh, it's going to be a big test for them against UCF. And UCF, they're going to try and prove uh, that they belong with the big boys to beat LSU. That's the one game I'm really looking forward to watching tomorrow. For Penn State and get- Kentucky, obviously Kentucky, you have got Benny Snell Jr., the running back uh, who really kind of broke onto the scene this year. Over 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. Uh, He is a a very interesting draft prospect. A lot of people on either side of him, not a lot of people think he's that good. A lot of people love him, so he'll be fun to break down. And then obviously, in all honesty, it's going to be surprising to a lot of people, but I think... He might end up being my number one running back of this class, Miles Sanders, Penn State, if he decides to come out. He is still a junior, so he doesn't have to come out yet. But 1,200 yards on the ground, nine rushing touchdowns, and I'm telling you, he's not built quite like Saquon Barkley um, and doesn't necessarily have... Uh, the receiving skills that Saquon Barkley showed at Penn State, but this dude is just as good of a runner, in my opinion. I know that some people are going to see that as a, a very hot takey uh, and maybe not necessarily believe it. I'm telling you, watch this dude play. Watch his highlights. He is awesome. Obviously, you have uh, Penn State's quarterback as well, Trace McSorley, who will be coming out. Um, I'm not personally very high on him last uh, the last game of the day another what should be a very good one Texas and Georgia uh, I like Texas in that one uh, the game before I keep forgetting to pick these games and I apologize about that uh, I would take Penn State though uh, for Texas Georgia I'm actually picking Texas with the upset here um, I love uh, Colin Johnson the wide receiver for Texas I think dude is gonna be a legit prospect in the NFL. First-round pick, in my opinion, also like little Jordan Humphrey, not quite as much as Colin Johnson. A lot of people like Humphrey better. Um, You know, I I just prefer Colin Johnson big-bodied. I think he's got a decent amount of speed, really good at high-pointing the ball. But again, we'll get more into those uh, as the prospects are announced. But little Jordan Humphrey is another one as well uh, for Texas. For Georgia's side of things here, so obviously Jake Fromm can't come out yet, but dude's going to be right there with Tua as the 1-2 and two in 2020 um, next year for quarterback. And man, teams are going to be foaming at the mouth to get. I personally think Fromm is going to be better, but Fromm and Tua next year. Um, Georgia obviously has a, is it a, my God guys, I'm sorry, I just lost his name. Riley Ridley, the wide receiver, um, I think he, I personally am not as high on him as others. Some people have him right up there as like the one or two prospect in this class. I have him closer to six, uh, but he's a very intriguing prospect at the wide receiver position. Um, and then you also have Elijah Holyfield, a Evander Holyfield's uh, son, I believe is what he is. He is a junior, 5'11", 215, dude is jacked. He has a chance to come out this year. I would imagine that he does, although he could stay, uh, but they have quite um, a, a very good amount of depth at the running back position at Georgia. I would imagine he, in my opinion, should come out this year in what is considered to be a weak running back class to kind of uh, maximize his value where next year there's a lot of talk about a lot of very good running backs coming out. and He could get knocked down the board a little bit. So... With all that being said, now we're finally going to end the podcast for today. Again, I'll be back tomorrow at some point in time. I'm not sure when I'm going to record, uh, but I'll definitely put a little bit together again of my running backs and wide receivers for 2018 tomorrow. You guys have yourselves a great day. Watch some of the bowl games on today. Um, be safe out there too, guys. This New Year's, um, You know, if you're going to go out drinking, having a good time, be safe. Don't drink and drive. Have a plan ahead of time. It's not... Worth it? Wasting your life, um, you know, driving drunk on the road and possibly hurting yourself or hurting somebody else because um, you could end up not just ruining your life but ruining somebody else's by making that mistake. So please, don't drink and drive. Make a plan. Get ahead of it. Have a, have yourselves a great night, though. Enjoy ringing in the new year. If you guys des- do decide to go out. And with the corniest joke ever, as I've been hearing all day, we'll see you guys next year. Thank you guys so much for listening again to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Peace. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your on ready? I came like out the whole line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you no one up above his head. They can't jump with me, Leave. Over they tackle him for 40 Who can make a play? I can Who can make a play? I can't. <laughs> <laughs>